0: Hello and welcome to the Leeds Act podcast. I'm James and I'm with Rocco Dean. Hello. So we, well, it's after the Chelsea game. It's on the Monday. A few things have happened since then, which we'll cover off in this episode, such as ticket prices for one, which caused a bit of a storm on Twitter. But just to give a quick recap, because we obviously didn't cover it as well, Rocco Fulham game. I mean, the thing that stood out for me was the swearing in the away end. And the BBC obviously don't have a volume fader, do they? It's funny that because I was watching
1: on a on a stream because I was abroad and uh, I actually did note that and just thought, oh, they must not turn the volume down, you know, in, in this in this situation. But yeah, so the BBC, are, yeah, good fair play to them, well done, as it should be. Honestly, it really annoys me when they control the atmosphere. Like we we're, we're there to watch everything, you know. We want to know, want to know what it's like. We're we're watching to. Be as if we're there. So yeah, it really annoys me that they control the sound as
0: as heavily as they do on Sky. Yeah, well done, Beeb. People know that people swear at football matches. It's fine.
1: Well, that's the other thing when the
0: commentator constantly
1: as in for the language that like half the time you're not even bloody noticed. <laughs> yeah. Like kids don't even know what's being said. So when they hear that from the commentators, they're more likely to then say, "Daddy, daddy, you out the You know
0: what I mean? I'm just going through my notes and they're just bullet points, which, you know, we would usually talk in depth more on these, but just to skim through it all, McKenney is strong, but Harry Wilson is wetter than wet. I think that's that's fair.
1: Yeah, it was ridiculous. None of the camera angles seem to be absolutely conclusive. Well, apart from to say that there's no way in a million years that should be a foul in football, but... You can't really see the, the very initial contact. But it's just clearly obvious that, that Wilson just, you know, found himself out of position and flung himself to the floor. I, I can't believe the ref stood there, just gave that. And yeah, VAR's never going to overturn it. So just shocking. I, like the, do you know the one against Arsenal where Bamford sort of shoved the guy before he scored? I actually did think probably that, that maybe should have been disallowed, but that one was an absolute farce against Fulham. And we'd have probably won, like we were on top of them. They were misplaced in every single pass. I was really confident at that point that we were going to turn them over. And but yeah, the game changed and, and now Javi's perfect the fake cup record is over.
0: Yeah, and one thing that stood out in the week for me was Tyler Adams' interview with Popey on Radio 1. If you've not heard it, it's worth a listen. But he kind of made a point of Leeds being notorious for going straight to the goal And not every time do we have to play the ball. We can kind of take time with Gracia. And I thought that was not, not a dig. You could take it as a dig as a fan, because I think they're the things that really annoyed us, but I think he was just talking honestly about then and now, which is quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I do agree. I think, I think he's just, I don't think he was digging Marsh out particularly, you know, that's literally just, you know, what the situation was, you know, they were Marsh's tactics and. He was completely open and honest about that. So, yeah, you know, telling, telling us what's changed. Yeah, what what else can you really say apart from sort of skimming around it and not saying anything if he was trying to really protect Marsh? But yeah, no fair play. Fair play is, it is what it is. And yeah, thankfully, we're playing more
0: normal type of football. Segwaying into Chelsea, I mean, I'd got these notes I'd got from Fulham finishing. Do we miss Rodrigo? Well, I think we do. and And I think it's not that we haven't moved on from bad finishing in all of the last three or four years even under BLS so there was times where you think our oh, finishing could have been a lot better and it, it actually made me feel like period under Monk where BT was in the club and Chris Wood started firing made me think actually why don't we have a, a shooting coach again because <laughs> did did wonders but the 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 segue really is we we were also four years on from that goal that Pablo scored at West Brom last week as well, and that really made me feel like that was something we're missing that 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 person that controls the game creates things that really came to 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 roost on on the Saturday I think against Chelsea. What were your thoughts? Completely agree,
1: yeah. I mean, a
0: lot of people are talking about,
1: you know, the lack of a striker. I was listening, I started listening to to Phil Hay this morning and, you know, he's on about a, a uber reliable striker. Well, you know, if we had one of them, it'd have probably gone in January, you know. I, I don't know, I just, I don't really buy that. And to be honest, on Saturday against Chelsea, the problem, like you say, it was the creating, you know, it was the final ball every time was poor. Saw it even against Fulham where we did actually create chances and the finishing obviously was an issue. But, you know, like McKenney, a five-yard pass into Somerville in that first half, you know, just to slip him in the easiest pass and he's overhit it. And, you know, there's other examples of that. Well, obviously the Southampton game and then Chelsea. Yeah, I just don't, I don't trust any of our supply line to find the right ball. You know, Rutter was the only one actually doing it. He played a lovely couple of passes through to Aronson but, you know, if it was Aronson in that situation, I, I just don't think he'd get it right. And yeah, it either comes down to a lack of quality, which is what I'm starting to feel like, or just a lack of confidence. Hopefully it's a lack of confidence and, and Gracia can, can get, that, get that into them.
0: One of the big things for us was defensively, we were so poor. We have been for some time I and mean, it feels like we have definitely firmed up touch wood and we carry that into the Brighton game. But how, yeah, how do we get that balance across across the team where we're, we're still good defensively, still creative going forward? I was trying to dig out the charts for the Athletic Post a while ago, Phil Hay did, where yeah, they're, they're, I don't know what they're called. They're those graphs where they kind of like have uh, points and they show you, you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Don't like you? The
1: old Pro Evo uh, stats. I yeah. don't know what you
0: call it. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, they are Pro Evo stats, that's right. And I remember sort of seeing Aronson's and McKenney's and, and even Adams and... It, and and looking at them at the time and thinking, well, I don't really know what they offer. You know, where you'd have like a, a player that kind of is not full, but they have areas of attacking where it's like, oh yeah, he looks good, but they just look like players that sort of mop up. And I don't. That's what I worry about is that there's there's no one that has that kind of outlet of being able to spread a pass or create a play in in attack. But I, you know, I could could be completely wrong, and it could be a case of well. Grassi has only been in the door a couple of weeks and one week was spent in London playing against Fulham and then Chelsea. And has he really had the time to kind of implement ideas for attack? Probably not. And maybe we are just all being a bit harsh and, and, and you know, it doesn't help that we're missing Sinistera and Rodrigo. And, you know, things might change and those buildups could potentially happen.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And and that's the thing, you know, a new manager, you know, if he's coming into a club, especially when they shipping goals like we were, you know, the the first job is to t- shore us up at the back. You know, managers, you know, they should be building from the back. It's the old adage, and it's true. So, yeah, we've got to hope that, you know, he's done, it looks like he's done a great job at shoring up the defense. And it's not just a case of packing the defense, you know, like George Graham did in his first season. I think we have looked dangerous and we've created a lot of situations where we could have scored quite a few goals. So I'm, I'm really pleased with what he's done so far. I mean, just touching again, you know, you talk about the midfielders and their attributes and it just really popped into my head in that moment. But we've got three midfielders there, Adams, Rocker and McKenney, that have all played Champions League. and But like, I'm not saying that as a compliment to them. I'm saying it as probably, you know, questioning our club. And, you know, are we just too quick to... Assume that a player's good enough for the Premier League because he's got, you know, because he's played in the Champions League, which, you know, obviously it's not always the case. And it seems like if that is sort of like a factor, it seems pretty lazy. And again, I'm just going into another auto rant, but you know, look at the team he built at Borough in the one year that he had in the Premier League. They got relegated miserably, and he made some horrific signings. And I just, I just can't believe that, you know, all these years on we still got him there. He's made good signings, but I'm just,
0: I don't know. I I, I just don't trust him to pick a player. I really don't. There's always the thing that Chelsea could have just been one of those days because, again, if you look back to Fulham where you had Rocker, Adams and McKinney in the midfield, we were actually good and we did get into their box a lot more. We had a lot of shots. We had a lot more shots. We should have won that game, which is something that we didn't really, you know, put forward when we chatted about Fulham a minute ago. We should have definitely won that game, really. And it does make me think you know, should they have been included in this in the Chelsea game due to the number of midfielders that Chelsea had playing? Quite possibly. So it, it's one of them where Chelsea weren't amazing, but they just looked to have got those players that have got the edge that are worth the money, and the money is what dragged them through that game. It wasn't a quality of management or tactical play within the game. So yeah, it it's hard to know. You've just got to hope that whatever we come up against that we manage to squeeze a bit more out of these players. And I think we will. I think I think Javi's got plenty of time and we do have an international break coming up as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. And and I'm not I'm not even saying that those three midfields that I just mentioned aren't good enough. I'm just sort of just really a thought that came into my head. You know, I'm I'm hoping that they will be good enough. You know, at the end of the day you know, we, we're not winning any games and they're our midfielders. So, of course, you're going to question whether they're good enough. And at this point in the season, it looks like, you know, we've created a team that wasn't good enough. But then you add Marsh's tactics into it and hopefully that's what was holding us back. And and now we can move forward because, you know, I do think we've got a good manager. So, you know, we're absolutely entitled to hold on to that hope that that things are going to get better. And I think, yeah, as I've said, they they already are. So I'm I'm excited about the Brighton game. You know, it, of course, it could it could be a disaster, but I I feel like we'll do well. I think I think the way that he sets the team up, I think it'll suit us. You know, if if we can, you know, especially at home as well, which sounds a bit of a strange thing to say, but you know, I, I just hope that the fans don't get too frustrated if we are being patient, shall we say, and you know, sat back a bit and you know, not going hell for leather. You know, happy to soak up. You know what will be a you know pressure from a dangerous team and and then try and hit them on the break because yeah we've shown that we we can be dangerous you know against Fulham and against Chelsea so yeah fingers crossed Chelsea was they they, they came out of the blocks really well but we did a great job like we you know after 30 minutes we'd we'd stifled them and from that point on you know you could happily say that we were the better team you know we we, we did really well so I was actually quite pleased. Like, I was disappointed to lose, but, you know, seeing us compete against Chelsea, you know, it's still it's still pleasing to me after 16 years of, you know, having rivals
0: with Cardiff and Millwall and others. It reminded me, actually, I tried to think of it the other way around and I thought of it from a Chelsea perspective, like, what would they think? And obviously, Potter's under a massive amount of pressure and you could feel it starting to go toxic with them, booing them at halftime. But it did make me think of Chelsea being like, leads when we're in the championship and a team just sort of sitting and trying to bide their time and hopefully nick one in the end it reminded me of, i think with forest which was quite early on with bielsa and i think did they nick one really late on with it one nil yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah. they were booing them while they were winning as well in the second <laughs> half yeah ridiculous. it's
0: ridiculous the entitlement is crazy isn't it yeah but there we go and yeah, so I mean they scored from a corner which was frustrating as well because it felt like we've been handling them well recently and yeah, that that's, just, that's what's annoying as well. It wasn't like it was a decent goal from open play.
1: Yeah, and I don't know whose man it was either and the founder, he'd got free in the first half as well and he just, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's horrible to watch that goal because he just looks like a giant amongst our defenders but he isn't really, is he? So I don't really know what went wrong. Maybe Melier... He started to come, which I think probably cost him, you know, one bullet header. I think he might have saved that if it it had not, you know, thought about and started coming for the cross. It was a bit wrong-footed, but just one of them, you know. It's a good side. It's a good delivery. The guy's good in the air. It's like Bielsa used to say, you know, people used to dig out Cooper because we kept conceding goals from corners. But, you know, as Bielsa said, Cooper was a guy that would go on there. Best player. And, you know, a lot of the time the best player is better than you know a guy who spent his whole career in the championship. So sometimes you just have to hold your hands up. You know you can't you can't stop it. You can talk about stopping everything that happened, but you can't do it in reality.
0: Touching on a few individual players, or well, collectively maybe the defence. I thought they were great. Cock, Wober, Woober, Ailin, and Furpo were, were really good. You couldn't have asked for more from them, really. No, definitely not.
1: I I would like to know how to say. Uber. I'm not comfortable saying Uber. I'll call him Wobber still. Cock, superb. He's, he's, he's looking great. Touchwood, he's gonna he's gonna keep improving because he looks looks absolutely class. And Furpo as well. And and yeah, and Ailin just yeah, he's, he's on top of his game. Is is one senior pro that we've got fit and available, and he's, uh, he's he's doing that role as,
0: as well as he possibly could. Yeah, I love him. So long may that continue. Bit of a surprise, Nyonto not starting, but I kind of see it as well that everything's been fed to him recently. A bit like, I think we said on the last podcast that things used to get fed to Nia and just relied on him so much and it's a lot put on a player of his age and I'm sure he's frustrated at not being in and feels like he can handle it, but I think it probably causes a lot of frustration for him and it limits us as a team in terms of us not using other avenues for attack. As it turns out, we didn't bother attacking anyway and we probably could have played him.
1: Yeah, I, to be honest, I was thinking today that I'd maybe like to see him up front alongside Rutter, you know, because then he's more difficult to mark out of the game, you know, on the wing. We've just seen people double up on him and, and it's really stifled his threat. But up front, I think, I think that would be a different kettle of fish and obviously he can play there. He is apparently a striker. So yeah, maybe try that in the next game. Whether that means you have to play Harrison, I'm not sure. But he's, he's struggling, bless him, and he?
0: We'll come on to Harrison in a second. You so, said that last week. <laughs> I know. Root, so Root, yeah, we did, didn't we? God, he's not, he's not doing he's
1: himself
0: any He's <laughs> No, he's definitely not listening. He's out walking his dogs. Rooter, so, I, I mean, a lot of bells rang for me when I saw him arrive with a Chanel handbag, to be honest. I didn't see that, thankfully. Have a look on social. Oh, you know, each to their own. It's totally fine. But it's a bit like the whole blanket thing at, at Forest, isn't it? It's like, mm, yeah, we don't need this right now. It's a distraction. And holding your holding your sleeves over your hands as well. I'm not a yeah. fan of that. The thing is, is Ruta looks like a quality player. You know, he's. Uh, I think potentially a handful of games off, starting to look really, really good. The problem is, is we need someone now and. The injuries falling on Bamford is just not a help at all and, and obviously Rodrigo at this time and it puts a lot of pressure on Router. It does then offer a lot of question marks for why the hell we sent Gelhard out on loan because in my book he's kind of been ready to go for some time. He's just needed game time and he's more Premier League prepared than Router is. Uh, yeah.
1: I do agree. I must say though, I mean, my, my expectations for Rutter was was low. I thought he was going to be a disaster to be honest looking at his record and and you know even his YouTube highlights really I wasn't particularly impressed with he, I just didn't see a player in there but I did on Saturday I thought he did well I think he I think he has got ability and I think he'll probably be alright but like you say yeah whether it was what we needed and you know we've effectively you know swapped Rutter for Gelhart minus 30 million or whatever it was which is absolutely bonkers in my head but yeah, even even Gel to come on. I know he's not played well when he started. He, he, you know, and he really didn't. He wasn't getting involved. But you know, you could put plenty of arguments forward as to why. But when he's come on, even this season, last season he saved us when he came on, and those cameos. And this season, you know, he he created he created the goal against Fulham really really well. He he did some other lovely bits as well in other games. Arsenal was one where he nearly cr- created a goal. Yeah, I, I thought it was risky getting getting rid of him for half a season when we're in such, such deep trouble. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's clipped
0: streaming June fourth only on Hulu. So we've now got to talk about Jack Harrison, haven't we? Ah, Jack, this is it. Like that's kind of the feeling I have is Ah, Jack, because you you just want him to do well. It's not like it's not like you just hate him for being well, not very good the last couple of games, should we say? You want him to do well, and that's the big frustration with Jack, and. uh, we have on social. What is wrong with Harrison? And it got a lot of interaction, a lot of varied interaction. What are your thoughts, Rocker? I think he's just going through a a bad lull.
1: He's probably his lowest lull. You know, there's been times. You know, it has it has been inconsistent for us? But you're always going to get the effort from him, which you know it isn't. That isn't just a throwaway comment. You know, it is important to have his energy down the left or the right. But, yeah, you know, it's it's damaging us now, the, the lack of quality going into the, the the box and the final balls and all sorts of sloppiness and, you know, bad deliveries from from set pieces. I, I don't know. I think I might think that uh, Wobber should just take the corners, you know, if he's so good at set pieces, even if he is a threat in the air, because we need someone who can put it into the box. If, if Greenwood's not on the pitch, we'll just play Greenwood instead of Harrison, I guess, because I don't think... You know, I don't think he'd
0: offer much less, apart from probably the, the running output. So Matt on Twitter wrote, lad literally hibernates from October to the end of March every season. Once it gets warmer, he starts to perform again. Interesting. Never thought that. Worth looking at. Mike, aka Woody, he's a winger who can't cross. He has about five good games a season. He's a championship level winger. Hope this helps. Some people just saying he's shite, which I think is pretty harsh. Should have got rid when we had the chance but the the I I think it's all a bit overly harsh and and I think you know that he's had kind of, I can't remember who reported it somewhere, some time ago that he's had kind of psychological stuff to help him with his football and, and I just think the whole thing of going to Leicester and that is a massive distraction for a player like that who clearly probably does overthink a lot of things and just has and just needs to be in the moment and play on instinct and I just think that is the sort of thing that it's just absolutely fogged to this guy's mind and it's not fair on him it's not fair on anyone and it's it's another one of those stupid messy things from the club
1: I do think so it's hard for us to say not being professionals because you know as fans you just sort of think well you know they cross the white line you know everything goes out of their heads they give a thousand percent and that's that but yeah, you think about yourself in, in 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 your own work situation, and if if you if you've been tried to get rid of, but you were still there, like that's just a it's a it's a hammer blow. And I had a feel for him. I mean, you know, everything is given to Leeds, and and you know, like you say, you know, he's done summer after summer where he goes on holiday and takes you know coaches with him to try and improve his game. Like fair enough, it's for himself, but you know, it, it's for Leeds as well. Yeah, he's been a great servant. He's an absolute model professional. So I, I feel for him. I hope he comes out of it. I really do. Again, the, like the cashing in thing, imagine if we had cashed in, however, he did for Leicester. With every single person, every Leeds fan now would be saying, I can't believe the board. Like the board would be getting so much crap for selling Harrison in our current situation, pocketing 20 million. Rutter would be under even more pressure because everyone would expect that, oh, you know, we sold Harrison to get this guy in who's never done this and he's never done that. So, you know, I think the board probably were damned if they did and damned
0: if they didn't in that. But yeah, let's just hope he, he comes out of it soon. We'll move on to the board in a minute. Man of the match first. Cock, three running. It's a hat trick. I'm going for Cock as well. The only thing that I don't like is there's been some talk of potential interest from Newcastle United and, and various Bundesliga clubs today. So, because mm, oh, yeah. I'm talking him up so much. Yeah, that's it. But, once they've heard, uh, they've they found some quotes online from a famous English writer. So yeah, you mentioned the board moving on from the Chelsea game. Ticket mm. prices today. That was a nice surprise in our inbox, wasn't it? 10% up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, at least we get it back if they go down. But then I saw someone on Twitter questioning, like, what is the refund? Is it a voucher? You know, <laughs> Is it a discount off the
0: next season's season ticket? Well, it's a rebate, isn't it? So I presume it goes into your account like they've been doing with the whole rebate system, trading your ticket. And if you can't go, it goes on your account and then you can use it on future purchases, basically. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's what will happen and and you could probably use it on cup games or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So they're still keeping money. lads.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm less annoyed about that than I am about some of the other decisions I've made over the past few years, but. If, yeah, I mean, is it
0: right that it's two ten percent increases in two years? I think that's right from memory. And I, and, and I think the, and, and when you look at that, it's a 10% increase and a 10% increase is not 20% if you base it on the first price that it was. So it's actually a 22% increase. <laughs> so we've had a 22% increase in two years, if that's when the last one was, because I can't find my it. bloody it It's um, nearly a quarter. Exactly. That's, that's a hike. And I think it's just the way that these things are written as well. Like everyone's stupid, you know, like the only have only had two price increases in the last 12 years, but yeah, they've both been under the current board and the current ownership. And in that time, we've had transactions made for players like Jean Kevin or Augustine the, and the money's gone completely out the window as far as we know. So yeah, it's just like, come on, read the room and, and talk to us like we're normal people. It's like, we we know what's going on. Like, you don't have to kind of sugarcoat these things. And I think, as well, didn't wasn't Kinnear at the, he spoke with the trust the other week as well. It's like, why didn't he sort of mention something then that we might have to do a price increase or, you know, and kind of soften it in over time rather than just Chelsea looms bang, 10% on your season tickets next season. Because it, it, it is all the delivery of these things, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I do agree. Like the uh, dressing it up like that is infuriating. I mean, that's that's more annoying for me than the increase. You know, peddling out that line about twice in twelve years. I mean, where do they get like what? How how can they how can they bring that out? Especially after the program notes in the last game back in here, where he was going on about the fans' expectations when when it was the club's expectations of of appointing a better manager than we could get and you know, the fans' expectations of timing when it was Andrea Razzani's expectation. I mean, it, it boggles the mind how that even gets past an editor, like, let alone coming out of Kinnear's brain and onto the page. I, I do not understand it. The guy's meant to be, I mean, he's got to be a clever guy, you know, look at the position he's got in and look at the, the jobs he's had. How can you be so ignorant to, to how, how people are going to perceive things and have such little respect for us? It's. I mean, I did, Compare it to Orta shushing the fans. I feel, I feel it could even be worse. Like at least that Orta thing was a moment of passion and you know just heat of the moment. But Kinnear sat in an office writing that
0: bullshit makes me so mad. It really does. Wow, there we go. That is, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty clear how Rocco feels on that. So I think going back to, I've just remembered actually. On so after the Chelsea game, it was. That. Well, it was, it was annoying and I was gutted about the result, but then the Arsenal result came in at the same time, didn't it? Because Bournemouth were winning that game. Were they winning 2-0? Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. And they scored a goal within nine seconds, didn't they? And then Arsenal got it back, but then they managed to get some Fergie time uh, and they sealed a winner in the, in the dying moments, which was good because it kept us out of the relegation zone, which was very nice. I was delighted with that. It was a good weekend in the end. We had a yeah. decent, decent performance
1: against Chelsea. Still out the bottom three. And then, man, you, what, what more could
0: you really ask? Ah, oh, that was, I mean, I see, I, there's part of me which you'll notice on our Twitter account. i am not really gone to town on this much because I hate the stuff for jinxing us and it throwing it back in our face when, when we go down into <laughs> the championship. And <laughs> we were there just the biggest celebration of our year was Man United losing 7 0. No thanks. But it, that was great. I mean, there were so many. Beautiful things that happened and and I'm glad that the the Man United fans have turned on Fernandez a bit. They're they're even starting to see him for what he is.
1: Yeah. I, I couldn't believe that video because I, I watched some of the game. I, I I watched it when it was went to 3-0 and then had a stoppage. So I didn't see the Fernandez incident where he yeah, pretended to have been hit in the face. I just couldn't believe it. Like, especially like with BAR nowadays, like, why do you think he's gonna get anything from that? It's really weird and just a loser mentality. Like I would not want my midfielders to to behave like that. I would not want anyone to behave like that in my team and let alone my captain. It's just embarrassing. Like, I mean, I don't know if he's got family or, you know, kids or whatever, but I mean, your own personal pride. I mean, what an absolute knob. Come on.
0: Excellent. Great. So yeah, that was lovely stuff. Your brother was there. He's a lifelong Liverpool fan. If people aren't aware of what Rocco's talked about Gianni a few times and, you and your dad tried to convert him into a Leeds fan as a youngster, but he's he's remained livable. Me, yeah. so. well, he was there, he had a good time. Yeah. He reaped the rewards, yeah.
1: Yeah, he had a had a self, he sent a selfie in front of the uh, scoreboard at 7-0. Which is funny because he like last season he they, he got a picture of me because I was on the cop with him. And he's got a picture of me with the scoreboard in the background <laughs> saying six nil It's Liverpool. But at least we didn't have Calvin and Phillips. They were pretty much at full strength, weren't
0: they? Yeah, exactly. That's true. Casemiro was in there. Mata as he's been memed to death, hasn't he? Blessing. him. Cool. Yeah, that was good. That, that made us feel a little bit better, as did the Arsenal result. And like we say, we're still outside relegation. But can we do it? Can we still be outside after a game at, against Brighton at Ellen Road this weekend? How are you feeling about it? I feel weirdly... Even though, even though they're on the cusp of Champions League football.
1: Yeah. I'm always I'm always thinking that teams like that are sort of due a bad result or a, or a or a bad performance and also because they've done so well against us in the past well, forever actually. But not especially in the Premier League. They've got such a good record against us. I just feel like it's about time we change that. And yeah, just hoping for a, a big, big performance. And if we can get the first goal, I know it's a cliche, but I think that's going to be huge if we concede it. I think we're in a lot of trouble because also if Gracia loses this game, you know, he's going to be under pressure, not for his job, but under pressure from the fans, you know, to have lost three in a row after scraping past Southampton, as people will put it. Is, yeah, it, it's going to be quite damaging and, and quite difficult for everybody. So I really, really hope we can we can just, you know, put on a big performance. Everyone plays their best and, and get a nice, a nice win that he's, yeah, so desperately needed.
0: He's got a 33% win rate at the minute. Decent. 50% in the league. <laughs> well, exactly. Is that better than Ten Hag? But yeah, well, yeah, I would say so. He's, he, he's changed his name anyway, Seven Hag, hasn't he? So, yeah, oh, God, I, I don't know where my head's at with it other than this is the sort of game that Leeds could potentially win or what we would say we would potentially win in the past. If we lose, it's probably relegation fodder, isn't it? And we're probably in for it. But I don't know. I think I think these next three games for me are quite key. I think if we can get some points from these next three games, I'll feel a lot better going into that last 10. But if it's just if we keep losing and losing and losing, I don't know where the confidence will come from. And that's the main thing. I think you just need some points. Just even a lucky win, like a lucky bounce off someone's face into the goal, whatever it is, we just need some points and then they'll start to feel better. It's exactly like what happened with Newcastle at Elland Road when they won 1-0. They had nothing that game and then Shelby scored from that free kick. I think they'd gone 14 games without winning at the start of that season. They came to Ellen Road, won and then that was it. That was kind of the start of their ascendancy. I'm not saying that we're going to be like, you know, Champions League fodder if we, if we win on Saturday against Brighton but it it's more the fact that you need to start somewhere and I don't think we've really started yet and yeah it could be the impetus for us to kick on maybe I don't know I'd, let's just get some points
1: yeah yeah Newcastle had won one in 20 which is similar to what we were before Southampton and yeah I feel like yeah Wolves away I'm I think like we can get a point there or, or, or a win like Wolves aren't great you know I know they beat Spurs at the weekend but I think we've got to be going to there, thinking thinking that we can get three points for sure. So, and and that would drag them, you know, deeper into it as well. So there, there's there's so long to go. I think you know the main thing is can we can we stay as solid and can we start just making making things well making
0: goals happen at the other end. Easy, in it football. That's all you got to do. Yeah, exactly. You just put the spherical thing in, that net. Nah, it's dead easy. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it. Let's let's see. What, hey, we'll see a World Cup winner, though, on, on the weekend. We can boo oh, him. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. McAllister. Is it McAllister? No. It is, it is McAllister, yes. Shame it's not Gary. I I might have told the story before, but I bought a McAllister shirt when I was a kid. And it used to cost you per letter. Back in the day, I saved all my pocket money up. It was 50p a letter and like £2 for a number. It cost me an absolute fortune. I should have gone did for get, someone way shorter. Did he get a discount off the little C? <laughs> That's that a good point, actually. Thanks. Because it definitely was a small, small C, a little i
1: yeah, cool. I've got a little story to cheer everyone up. I don't know if it'll work, but I, I've, I know this Watford fan and, and I was asking him about uh, Javi Grazia. And uh, he finally came back to me today and he said that he bumped into him in costas after a victory. So, yeah, so he drinks coffee and costas like uh, another messiah that we know very well.
0: So that's got to be a good sign. I like your pluralization of costa to costas because uh, it reminds me of my nan saying, rather than saying boots, he says boots is... Yeah, he always gets me. spoon as well, that's supposed to be a singular, but it is surely... Does everyone say <laughs> spoons, Or is that just me and your nan? <laughs> it's just you and my nan. So, yeah, just to close it out, we had a couple of reviews on Apple Podcasts, so thanks to Cole Down Under and James Walley. I think it is. It's cut off, cut off the end, so I'm not really sure. Oh, that might be a name. Sorry if it is, but yeah, thanks for the reviews. If anyone's listening and you do like it, please leave a review. If you don't like it, just don't listen to it again. Don't leave a, Don't leave a negative review because that won't help us. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next week and. Hopefully we might have a little guest on next week or certainly some some thoughts from him as well. So yeah, tune in for that. But thanks a lot and we'll we'll see you next time. Go on, ladies, that's Big Brian. Network.